Kumar, and welcome to a very marketable episode of the Friday Night Movie podcast, because we have with us... Mark. Oh, his name is Mark. That's true. Marketable. I didn't even think of that. We have with us advertising legend Mark Aronson is back, which is great. We usually have him like once a year, but now we have him at least twice, maybe more, to talk about... I think one of the most interesting things in pop culture is like ads. Ads, especially when we were growing up, like they're a big deal. And Marcus well, also, I feel like I'm very targetable with ads. Like, show me a good ad and I will buy your product. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm a, it's true. very easily influenced. <laughs> Instagram so, is my undoing. <laughs> so, so Mark, how are you doing? Oh, great. Before great. we get into the, the deep, we are going to talk about Bud Light today. But before yes. we get to that, I just want to... So yesterday, I'll start off with this story. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, I, uh, we went to the movies and Lily wanted popcorn and I ordered. I movie, I do love movie theater popcorn. I will say like the traditional, but the last time Becky took me to see Avatar in January, I don't remember what the, it was so, so salty. Bag of salt. Inedibly salty these days. It was just so bad. So I didn't, I can't remember the last time I had good movie theater popcorn. I didn't want to risk it. So I asked Shai to get me some like store-bought popcorn that I could bring illegally into the theater. I used GoPuff. I don't know if you've yeah. used that service, but they, it seems like they just go to like the equivalent of a dep and they just bring you <laughs> and they put it in their bags. Yeah. yeah they have that. And so I ordered Lily four jumbo size bags of boom chicka pop popcorn, like party size. Right. And then because I saw on the app that this was available, cinnamon toast crunch, cinnadust glaze popcorn yeah which, which i just yeah, tasted is have your like, have your it, teeth it, fallen out yet it did you like take Harosa. a bite did they immediately like <laughs> i just tell you there's no popcorn in this popcorn it's just okay. manischewitz and just, cinnamon okay. so two questions for our marketing it's terrible plan. so first of all as lily and i are arguing over this i said lily i'm reading the label it says snackable poppable unstoppable the sweet, crunchy dust glaze is sure to keep you coming back for more and more. As I I'm think that's false advertising. It in my face I think you could sue now, for that. So uh, what goes into creating a this? Who, and who got come, permission to make this? And, and the line, the snackable, poppable, unstoppable. Like to me, that's very compelling. It's very stupid. It's <laughs> terrible. Snackable, stoppable, unpoppable. What? Yeah. Exactly. There's only... I mean, all right. So, Mark, just we'll start us off there before we get into serious stuff. Can I ask a question? Because I've, sugar I've not the first seen... ingredient. Yes, <laughs> I've not. I've not seen this popcorn before. It's um, is it produced? Like, who is that? I'm trying it to think. Says, who makes first of all, it's product of Canada, so yeah. it's legitimate. Okay, fine. Is that's it? Is it made? General Mills. General okay, Mills. So, uh, okay, that's helpful. The, they make the cinnamon toast crunch. Yes. Okay. So that that's that's the question. My my first question was: Is this a collaboration between cinnamon toast crunch and a popcorn and, brand? No, but it, it's no a, popcorn would associate with this. Right. So it, <laughs> well, so right. So it it appears where that's so it's a wholly owned product uh, put out by General Mills. No one else. And so what I would imagine is the impetus for a project like this a product like this and don't quote me on it but this is my best guess don't, you are that, on the podcast so no one listening I, should quote you on we this literally, right. we are quoting this is off yeah the next the record, thing I, it's i'm gonna be uh, in every article uh, marketing guy <laughs> but like they're gonna quote me like uh 
that poor VP of marketing from Bud Light. Bud Light. <laughs> you got to be careful what you say on a podcast, I guess. Um, what, what I would imagine was the impetus for that is um, what has been going on in the breakfast cereal category for a long time is steady, steady decline. That is true. Mm-hmm. People just aren't How buying... Is it because Shai has slowed down eating cereal? Yeah, <laughs> that, they actually pointed that in their, my, is The market took a hit. Once yeah, you they pointed that out. in their uh, fourth quarter earnings <laughs> summary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to get it back. Shai is eating better. Ever since Josh introduced me to his like quadruple protein milk, the Fairlife milk, I've been eating cereal again because it's basically like I'm working out. <laughs> I don't think that's how science works. Um, Okay, so you're saying that cereal has hit a decline. Well, it's, I mean, it's been in decline for years, right? Just Mm. because like changing habits, Mm -hmm. changing demographics, you know, you know, the whole thing. Millennials killed breakfast cereal. Like they killed everything else. Millennials, but we're... I'm a millennial. I buy a lot of breakfast cereal. We're all on the cusp, or me and you are on the cusp. So we're not really, I don't know if you can... I don't know. The point is that I would just like you all to know it says contained bioengineered food ingredients on there. Everything's bioengineered. Everything's bioengineered. I just think that they, like, there's no popcorn in this popcorn. So I do think that this this is not going to get me to eat more cereal. uh, Despite Becky's um, uh, attitude on it, cereal has been in decline, um, partly because it's not good for you. Like it's not nutritious. The calories are empty, you know, all that kind of, especially something like cinnamon toast crunch. And then there's even also, there's this, I'm, I'm just looking, I'm just looking right now, right. It's, it's basically down. Uh, I'm looking like it's down in like the double digits, probably 20%, et cetera, et cetera. And so, and there was, um, there's a, um, there's an industry, um, reporting companies called Mintel, and they do these um, industry reports on, like, you know, the state of the whole category, or, or you know, and what's driving it, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they, this is uh, this is years ago, but they they basically um, they basically found uh, they had a survey that that almost forty percent of millennials um, found cereal to be too inconvenient because you had to wash a dish. Afterwards. Oh my God. But did um, you not see those ads on Instagram? I was going to get it for shy for the little jar that you can right. drink your cereal out of. So you that's don't right. have to put it in a bowl and you can uh, take it, but you still have to you. wash so a is dish. It like Willy Wonka and you can eat the jar afterwards. But you still like have to wash time. a no, dish. A point. Um, it's more like on the go. How no, Yeah. It's more like, I think people are grabbing whatever, like a bar, you can throw out the wrapper or you're getting something from Starbucks on your way you know, or, or whatever it is, um, or, or your, you know, food cart or, or whatever. So like, look, I, I don't, um, I don't have the actual, um, so I don't have the actual is research. Way, is this a right. way of saving the brand or advertising the cereal? Well, I I'd say it's, it's actually, it's, it's, it's using the strength of the brand. So like you don't buy, maybe you do. I don't buy cinnamon toast crunch. I, I buy family size. <laughs> okay. I love that cereal, but like, it's so gross. So right, but but me. So what what I would imagine in this case is it's a very strong brand. It brings to mind that kind of taste, that kind of flavor, that kind of experience. You couldn't imagine starting your day with that or eating that for breakfast or feeding that to your kids. But maybe for a snack, yeah, or maybe if you sat down, you know, and watched a movie at home or or something like that. So I'd imagine my best guess is that is that this is 
a, a way that they're branching out of cereal. They know eventually cinnamon toast crunch is just going to like, you know, decline into oblivion. So you get the flavor and the negative and the negative nutritional value, but it's something that we consider, we consider it like a more acceptable snacking form. If it's packaged as a popcorn instead of as like a milk and cereal product. Oh, that's a a snack. I can have that. It's a fun snack. Golden Grams did like a bar a while ago we had like a golden grams granola bar and it was just golden grams in like a horizontal shape right because (laughs) basically like if you were going to start a new product or you're going to right how do you put this basically the the um the conventional wisdom at the moment in marketing is what you need for somebody to actually buy your product is a combination of what they call one mental availability and then the other is physical availability, i.e. you have to be able to actually buy it. And so mental availability is it means something to you, mm. right? The brand. Exactly what happened That's to me. Literally like, Cinnamon Toast Crunch has a popcorn and right. I can get it while I'm getting this other stuff. Mental availability. So, so this is basically, uh, there's a guy named Brian, uh, Byron Sharp. Um, and, and this he, he kind of, he, this is, this was, you know, big thinking that started really be t- to be taken up like in the last I don't know, whatever you call it, 10 years, basically, um, you know, that this is really kind of the key. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, right, if, if somebody was going to start just a new brand of cinnamon crazy flavored popcorn or a new brand of snacky popcorn, then you'd have all this work and investment to do to build, quote unquote, mental availability, basically awareness of the product for people. Um, mm-hmm. But what, what, um, what Cinnamon Toast Crunch has is probably excellent mental availability but people just don't want what that thing actually is. So take advantage of the strength of that brand. Um, and, and so there, there was some news maybe last year where basically Kellogg, right, which is a competitor of General Mills, made this announcement basically that they're, they're, they're gonna become a food company, not a cereal company. Um, and, and so I, I don't, I'm assuming you know, this is the same, this is in the same vein. Like, and, and the reason Kellogg cited was because it's not food. But, well, okay, but, but you understand everybody okay. uses food. Every, everybody with giant factories that make things you eat, use food. Um, in, in, Loosely. In, in, it's a loose term. Okay. So, um, so speaking of brands in decline, one of the brands that you talked about, I mean, this is years ago that you came on our show and talked about how Bud Light was like looking for its future identity. I remember very clearly, this was probably two Super Bowls ago, you talked about the hard seltzer movement, the move away from beer as a product. I myself, I mean, I really don't drink beer much at all. So this is not a brand I'm super attached to. My biggest attachment to Bud Light is the Bud Bowl from the 80s mm-hmm. and early 90s, the animated, I've always been like, let's just bring back the animated bottles. But just for context of people I've been following, Dylan Mulvaney, an influencer, uh, was used in a Bud Light social media campaign. Dylan Mulvaney also happens to be trans, a trans woman. And I watched the video finally, because it actually took me a while to get to the actual video. I had to go on to Dylan's Instagram to find it, it, because there's a million articles about it, but no one links to the video. Right. It just seemed like an influencer talking about a product to me. It did not, if anything, I was like, oh, this is a pretty funny funny well I, Bud okay, Light if bit. we can 
Okay, but that was my reaction. Okay, fine, funny, but, but liked it. But then, did you see the bit? There's two. I don't know, if, like, what exactly what bit we're talking about. People seem to be up in arms about Bud Light sending Dylan the personalized can with her face on it, marking her one year oh, okay. as a trans woman. I saw. But that. then, but then Dylan did some sort of publicity for Bud Light, I believe, before that, where she was like, "I'm I, I'm going to have a Bud Light to watch the game," but like joking about the fact that. Like she, no, didn't, watch she doesn't watch sports. It's the same. But that is that's different than the Bud that Light video. That's the video. That's, that's the same, the same video. And at the no, end, she shows. Oh, her well, one video had the same. Had the same. I only video. saw. I only saw one video. Okay. The March Madness. So that's the video context. The right. Then, March shows. Madness is before. Then the next thing happens that I sort of follow in the story is Kid Rock, is is takes out guns and shoots. Bud Light cans, which like in this day and age with the issue around guns, the fact that you would even imply violence against other people is for me so horrific. Or against like, beer. Point. Like, why do we need to get violent? Right. Well, right. also, but, 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 her, like, but her face, her face is on the can. Beer, like, on the cans me, that he's shooting. Yeah. No, no, her, no, that's no. not true. No. They only made they only made a few cans for uh, her. Becky, right. Becky's no, no, what I'm saying is that her, she shows her face on a can and then i think kid rock shooting cans to me even sure, if her right. face is not on those cans there's still a one-to-one connection yeah, there's of, an implied violence that's the there. There, there is an implied violence against her there yeah absolutely and so and then media storm stock prices like everything kind of goes from there um but i just want to go around and get people's reaction to the initial campaign like the actual video of her you know, how do you react to that video back? Um, what's okay. None of the other stuff that's going on. Just how do I react to that video? I see it as an influencer making a buck and a brand like reaching to do something like reaching to be relevant. Right, right. Like, like it's, inauthentically. It's, sort like of. it's about like very, like she's very cute and sincere in it of being like, look at me drinking this beer. I don't know what we're celebrating. You know, it. she's very cute in it. But she's kind of in on the joke that this is a reach for the beer. That, the, that this is a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she's the endearing part of that video, but I would never watch that and be like, oh, I'm going to try Bud Light. That seems cute. And again, preface with, I'm very influenceable. I love when people market it, market things towards me. Show me a good ad, I'll buy your product. And that's not, I didn't feel that way, but I think she's adorable. So. Well. I think like I had a bunch of different reactions because on one hand, I my first thought was, is this a good like use of advertising? Because I it's hard, I like we've talked about this before in the Super Bowl ads. I like things to feel authentic. And if I don't believe that so-and-so is drinking the thing or eating the thing, you know, what it, when when Mila Kunis, right, ate had the Cheetos ad Cheetos. But Cheeto for her life. I'm like You wanna know what's real? Me pouring like, Cheetos into my mouth like it's right. a drink, which I right. did earlier. Like, show today. me the celebrity that's actually gonna enjoy the Cheeto. So there's um, immediately I'm thinking, oh, that, you know, I don't love when it's inauthentic, but at the same time, I was like, good for Bud Light. I like, agree with that. I agree with good for Bud Light. I, like, yeah. Like at the same time, I was like, I don't drink much beer. And if I did, I maybe wouldn't pick a Bud Light because I just don't, I even have access to it where I live. But if anybody was going to be like, oh, Bud Light is not a good beer. I might just stand up and be like, Hey, they're inclusive. They're an inclusive brand. Don't you talk bad about Bud Light? I might defend the brand, you know, even though it's not about the drink. And that what made, I think made me 
you know, look at the brand differently for the first time. Uh, all right, Mark, our expert, break it down. I, I only care advocate. what Mark, I only care what Mark has well, to I say. Well, I want to, I want to take it in sections. I want to take it like, let's just start with the ad. It, as was the ad good? Was that? And an ad and the decision to do it and where Bud Light is as a company up until the moment that that ad causes a storm. Well, right. And 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 so I think, you know, this is going to be like a bit inside baseball or whatever. Right. Yeah, but we got like, you here. Technically, that's it. not an ad. Or, I mean, well, technically oh, right. it is an ad, but it, right. right. So this, in my mind, like that's a bog standard influencer. Yeah paid to right and they bought it's a partnership they called it right like she's part yeah that means they're right. paying her to do to post it on her socials right it, right right and and right she has a following in excess of 10 million right exactly people mm -hmm. it's actually difficult to buy a tv program with, <laughs> with an audience 10 of 10 million people truthfully right. um um, you know, and if you're buying like, you know, digital ads, they're going to tell you oh, 4,000 million zillion bazillion people like, it's uh, you know, it's this. And so, right. Th there's, there's a piece of it. And, and look, for, um, are, do they have credibility? Do they have authenticity in terms of uh, the community? You know, they do support LGBTQ right. organizations and events. Um, right. I think it's a question. I think everybody has their own perception of Bud Light in mind. But for me, what's interesting is in terms of authenticity or putting your money where your mouth is like, okay, we made a can with your face on it. That's right. It's like that takes some doing back at the, you know, can mm -hmm. right. factory or whatever. Like, and you're literally you know what I mean? like it, attaching the face to the brand. Right. So, you know, so there, there's something, there's something there where it, you, you know. Celebrate a moment in this person's life too. Right. And I think, look, is it, a, is it a, a, you know, an audience grab, you know, probably how authentic is it? But I, I think the biggest thing for me is how wildly overblown everything has become and so quickly i okay. mean right? because the reason i was sort of saying it's a quote unquote not an ad it is technically an ad by legal standards and that's why she has identified as, as <laughs> such etc cetera, et cetera, right but think about what they did a month before right where they spent 10 million 15 million dollars on a super bowl ad um with uh uh with miles and and oh, uh, miles great. teller and Oh, right, right, see, right. we did. We have a whole debate over that because I loved that one. Oh, no, yeah, right. So, but the the first point I want to just make about it is like this whole thing, right? So you have two videos. They paid her for sure, but they probably paid like I don't know, hundred grand maybe for all this stuff, right? And like, and one of them was supporting a contest with a fifteen thousand dollar prize. Mm -hmm. Like you guys could fucking run a contest with a $15,000 prize. <laughs> like, do, do you know what I mean? Like this is not, you know, priority number one for Anheuser-Busch, like a $15,000, you know? So I, I think it's just, it's helpful to draw this distinction, which is Bud Light did make a massive investment in advertising that is much more inclusive than, than things that, that we've seen previously in terms of, um, you know, there, there's this ad with Miles Teller, and I, I, I can't remember how to pronounce his wife's name. Keely, Kelly, Keely. Um, 
And, and so, um, right to like a man and a woman, and they're both the hero of the ad. And, and right. you know, perhaps like she is, cause the action starts with the, but, and, and there's been others in this campaign, right. Where there, there was a woman, like the first, literally that's kind of the first time a woman has been the quote unquote hero of a beer ad where she's walking with the, you know, really years. Uh, yeah. And, and so <laughs> that's and, amazing. I did not know that. Right. And, 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 and when they're talking about, you know, the positioning of the brand and, and what they want people to know, right. There's that line, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. That's the thing they're investing in. Mm. Right. And so all of these things on all of these articles and all these saying like, oh, they've pivoted and they're leaving their audience behind. And now they're trans. That's not that right. They're, they're spending millions, hundreds of millions, like on this easy to drink, easy to enjoy. And, and you can tell they're getting more widely inclusive. And I have to imagine. So this is something they've been signaling and doing for a while. So the idea that this is a break from the trajectory of this brand is is kind of a myth. It's kind of people being hysterical. Um, that's a that's a great, um, that's a great segue. People being yes, and so um, and what what's been interesting, I think, is so you have first the reaction, which is you know. You can say shooting the guns and whatever is hysterical, but then everything else, what is that guy's name? Ben Shapiro, like all, yeah. all these, who has these, like right? five million. It's all hysterical. <laughs> do, do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, and, and then frankly, the reporting on it is hysterical, right? Be, be, no fact checking, no nothing. And right, they're pulling in this old quote from the VP of marketing that she did on a podcast about like decorating your house. <laughs> right. It's like an hour into this podcast, right? Totally out of context. They're talking about sales right. results, right. totally she, out of context. And she says, this is, you know, no longer the beer of like frat boys or whatever. Well, look what she said. Um, I listened to it. And, and so everyone's putting that, everyone's pulling that quote. quote. Yeah. But, 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 but Mark listened to the whole thing. Right. right. So, so listen to the or, entire decorating or, ad. Yeah. If you want to say the quote, or I'll say, or I'll say the quote. No, you go for it. Go, go for it. You got it. Right. So she said, right. This is the thing that's in every story. The New York Post, Fox Business, everybody's all over this, and they and they name her, and they say that she went to Harvard, and right, and all this, you know, all the implications of how, you know, of course, you know, she's, she's woke, not in she's touch elite, with the people, you know, right. the whole thing. And so she says, I'm a businesswoman. I had a really clear job to do when I took over Bud Light. And it was, this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light, right? And then she, she talks about how um, what was working for them previously is no longer working. We had this hangover, this quote, quote, we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a, a, a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. And it was really important that we had another approach. And so everybody is taking this and construing it as like, this woman came in and decided like, I'm going to change Bud Light. Here's what, right? Here's, but these are facts. This is true. <laughs> this is, and this is the challenge that she was handed. By the corporation. By the corporation. By the corporation. Right. <laughs> a person, a person doesn't want, a 39 year old person doesn't walk in to a $200 billion right. a corporation and say like, <laughs> I got some new ideas for Bud Light. I got this. <laughs> like, and so, right. What so, do you think of, on that note, just quickly, what do you think of then the executives claiming that they had no idea? That's probably true. Okay. Because right. when you think you about the money spent on Bud Bill Light. and Mulvaney, 
social influence. It's a drop. It's a drop in their bucket. If you Why are the CEO know? of Bud Light, <laughs> even the even the U.S. CEO of Bud Light, and your media budget is in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Do you think? Uh, do you think if a, a vice president of marketing was like, "Hey, um, you think I could bring uh, two Instagram posts from an influencer for you to check out?" Of course, he had no idea. Like, of course, he had no idea. D- did he know the details about the Super Bowl ad? Yes. But should he have backed his team or been like, "Oh, sorry, didn't well, know"? Hard. Should it's the answer really have been like, "I stand by my marketing team's"? He can't, it's a. I think integrity. The response because people are up in arms that it wasn't a real apology, but he's not apologizing. He's just. Well, he's not doing anything. Right. It's just. New, he's not doing anything. Right. He does. And is that okay? Response. What do you think about um, that? Look in my look in my mind. You, you can answer this two ways, right? One is from your own personal point of view about who you're supporting or not supporting. Um, and so, if you're a supporter of LGBTQ organizations and the rights of people who identify as such, then that's pretty feckless, <laughs> sort of right? right. That that right that that your really, company supposedly stands by that. Right. So. And you and you want to sponsor pride and you want to, you know, in, in different and so, but I think the other thing is it didn't do it didn't it was so tepid, he basically said, Oh, what well, you well, we we certainly didn't mean to cause any division. It was so tepid, it doesn't work for anybody. It basically, right. you know, nobody feels like that, that's like, okay. And, and frankly, I I think it 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 was a little bit even maybe worse than doing nothing because it just prolonged the conversation and now everybody's jumping on this. Right. And I think truthfully, I don't know if you're the CEO, I understand the uproar, but I think there's a there's an opportunity to correct this with facts, which is yeah, we did a promotion with this influencer. This mm-hmm. person identifies as trans. What's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. We're not telling people don't drink Bud Light unless you're trans or yeah. or unless <laughs> unless unless you want your kids to be trans, you know. How, Howard Stern's response of like, I would love to talk to Ben Shapiro and just be like, why do you care if Dylan Mulvaney drinks a Bud Light? You don't yeah. own Bud Light. A lot of people can drink Bud Light. That's it. Seriously? Is this yeah. like at the point that we're at? Um, I'm curious what... Look, I've never, and I loved that Miles Teller ad, but we have all never talked about Bud Light this much. Isn't it doing exactly what it's also supposed to do or no? Like, well, there's an, well there's it's certainly on about, the radar of right, people of, who don't typically drink it. <laughs> or like companies take a big hit at first after doing something bold and dangerous that happens all the time and then they bounce back, right? Like, I don't, like, what do you think? Like, the, I mean, 5 billion makes me a little bit anxious to hear that they lost, but it's just a market value. It's not well, like- Well, that's right. And know. it's 5 billion- like but as a percentage, back. it's it's right. It's five when it's five billion on whatever that is, like one hundred ninety-eight billion. Right. It's like okay, um, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. So so right. yeah, it's a big drop. But if you look at already, it started to sort of inch its way back, back up. Right, right. And I think even look broadly speaking, the stock is at a higher price than it was in February. Not because of this, but right there's there's something happening. Uh, well, and look, you, people are pointing to the Anheuser-Busch stock price, right? And and Bud Light is a big feature of Anheuser-Busch and, and the Anheuser-Busch portfolio because it's the best-selling beer in the United States. But Anheuser-Busch 
which is now which is like AB InBev is a massive global right. beer company, right? It they merged with Interbrand, they moved right, and so um, uh, uh, Interbrew, sorry, excuse me, um, uh, and so there is like um, well, Interbrew moved, merged with AmBev, AB. Like, so there was all these murders. I should put some context is that you have very specific experience. I should have said this up top, handling beer in the marketing industry. You're not just rattling this. You're not reading off a Wikipedia page here. You have very detailed knowledge of this. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to shake it out of my, my memory. Um, no, but, but I, I think it, yes. So this is a big brand. This is the biggest beer brand in the United States. But then like Mexico's got a giant market for beer. Right? Like there's, you know, you know, there's Europe. There's like, and so um, so everybody's saying like, right, the, the you know, um, if you're looking at the AB stock price, yeah, this definitely had an effect on it because of how concentrated and intense the media storm was about it. But there's, I mean, it remains um, by most of the ratings agencies, it remains a buy by most of, right, or, or a long um, uh, choice. And I, I think, so, yeah. What what I immediately went to was uh, Nike. I was like, okay, right. this is exactly what happened. Right. Exactly yeah. what happened with Kaepernick. Um, it's exactly what happened with Kaepernick. And then you know, by the end, they were up six billion dollars or or, <laughs> or or whatever it was. Um, and I don't know that that's going to happen in quite the same way because Nike is sort of a singular brand, right? And there's Nike Air, there's Air Jordan, right? But Nike is kind of a singular brand, whereas Bud Light is in a portfolio, a massive portfolio, right? Mm -hmm. There's Bud Light, there's Bud Heavy or, or original Bud, right? There's Michelob Ultra, which is also one of the most popular beers in the United States. Like it's, it's just a, a massive- um, Wait, And it's owned by the same company, correct? That's right. AB InBev, I, I mean, seeing, it's, it's literally- People being like, next time, you know, instead of Bud Light, I'll just have a Michelob. Right, and, and, I, and half and the I was time they're buying and I was another like, Anheuser-Busch brand. Right, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's the same company, you dum-dum. Like, what? That, that's, yes, that's 100%. And, and can I ask you a question? If you are going to refresh your brand and broaden your brand and have someone like Dylan be a spokesperson, a partner, whatever it is, are you pushing out your original clients like, um, so, why do people feel so offended that like the everyday working man is now no longer allowed to drink the beer? But like, it's, it's, a, it's a great question. Yes, it's a great question. And I'll, I'll answer it in two parts. I mean, what are you supposed to? Um, I'll answer it in two parts. And because one, it has a broader implication, I think, which is something that I've been thinking a lot about since, you know, we talked about doing this podcast is one of it is, Right. The regular working man is not not allowed to drink this anymore. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're not excluding anybody from it. And what this is like the product of an outrage machine that mm -hmm. manufactures outrage because mm -hmm. truthfully, that's the only way in this day and age to get people's attention and keep it anymore. If you look at everything on social media, if you look at how what the, how what, how things work on Facebook, if you look at the way YouTube's algorithm works. Everything is because people know that outrage is the most effective thing. It's the thing that's going to get you to engage and it's going to keep you engaged. Mm -hmm. And so, right. This isn't just, um, this isn't just, Oh, these guys are so mad. Kid rock is so mad. That's yeah, sure. But there, there, there are twin parts of this, which is like outrage machine, 
This mm -hmm. is the way, right? Brands in the past used to be worried that, okay, I'm gonna sponsor pride, but the backlash is gonna be from people who identify as LGBTQ because I was not authentic or because I'm just buying right. their support. Right, like because... my original comment, right. was like, yeah, we're all now, looking at the authenticity. We used to. Right. So now, like if you, if you just zoom out and think about this. That's a great point. Yeah. Now what's happened is two social media posts that maybe cost a hundred grand or 150 grand or whatever it is. I don't know what the number is, but it's, it's a, Right in, in the context of, of, of AB InBev's giant marketing budget, right? Two social media posts have become turned into a firestorm, right? And that, and that is um, Kid Rock is doing that because it's expeditious for, for Kid Rock. The guy's irrelevant. <laughs> and, and like, do you know what I mean? So this, this is a great a way point. of, of and, and so, right. So the outrage machine kicks up around this and, and that I think. Drives clicks perfect. and viewers and, and in the, right. Cause then suddenly people are following this story and someone else is selling ad time on that right. story. Right. And so look, if they're guilty of anything, if the marketing team is guilty of anything, it's failing to anticipate how crazy this was be, going to become, and I think they ought to be cut some slack on that because, like, this is wildly crazy, <laughs> um, or in my, in my mind anyway. Like, it's it's when you look at what it actually was, it's a little bit shocking that it turned into you know Such this a... kind of thing. Like, if you look at the Nike stuff with Kaepernick, they made him the face of a massive refresh right, campaign right. of just do it. Right for the first time in thirty years, they put something in front of just do it. Right, dream crazy. Right. And he was in every country, in every major city. He was on billboards. He was on a map, right? There's a massive TV vibe. It was a huge investment. This is like literally two Instagram posts and a $15,000 contest. <laughs> did, so, Nike, did Nike stand by? I don't remember. Nike. Yes. They stood by Kaepernick. They I did. Recall. And they had that conversation with their ad agency, which is called Wyden and Kennedy. Dan Wyden and Phil Knight sat down and, and they basically said, you, 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 you know, we're going to do, do this, this. Um, right? Because it's the right so they thing They went to in do. eyes wide open and they owned their decision. They took responsibility. Of course they did. And to, to uh, excuse me, to Lily's question about are you um, shutting out some of your audience or are you, right? You could make the case that that was very calculated on their part, which, and uh, I think it was Scott Galloway called it arbitrage, basically <laughs> of their audience, right? So you have, Sure, there are people that buy Nike all over the country. And if somebody in Missouri is gonna take his Nikes and put them, light them on fire in the barbecue, <laughs> there, there's 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 an there's an important trade-off that they were anticipating. We're right. gonna lose those people mm -hmm. that get Nike their Nikes from Foot Locker or DSW or you know, right. whatever, and let them fucking light them on fire or feed them to their whatever or Right. Samantha, whatever they're going to do. Right. But the trade-off was huge. The trade-off is we have this young audience coming up that live in big cities that care about streetwear and care about sneakers, they care about sports. Mm -hmm. uh, right. And that's right. Which is a feature of their mindset in terms of, uh, in terms of, right. It's being mislabeled or, or, 
or uh, or unkindly labeled as woke, right? But they are aware. They want equality for people. They're not fussed about gender. They are pro LGBTQ rights, like all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And so, so they're. You could make the case that they made a calculated decision. This group of barbecuing their shoe guys is worth however much it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But what needs to be done, something needs to happen now. Right. A voice I, needs to be. I see what you're saying, though, how this situation is just not proportionate that way. Is well, not only is it not proportionate. Like... Yeah. Go ahead, Becky. Sorry. I say it feels like Bud uh, is just putting like a toe in the water with these. Well, no, they've social done media other, posts to be like, well, they've done what, other what things. Hap- what I find really like, what will happen if it's like a toe company, in the water? Well, like but, this massive company is one of the largest Republican, like, right? Like they're a huge, not largest, but they are a huge Republican party donor, right? To, to politicians. Yeah. And then on the other hand, they do support and try and, you know, be like on the side of these more, let's say left causes and it's interesting how Donald Trump Jr. and Joe Rogan and a bunch of other people have like came out right away in defense being like, no, 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 Anheuser, just uh, the, don't not drink Bud Light. And like everybody had to like t- be, I don't, I just think the outrage wasn't so smart. And the people who were relying on Anheuser Bush's money had to reel it in. I, a little you bit. know what? I, the, the truth is, honestly, Anheuser Bush is still going to give them their money. Right. Hey, there's all these other brands. There's all the right. That money is not is not so people buy Budweiser or Michelob or whatever. That money is for regulations and legal drinking ages. And, right. The, lo- the lobby. <laughs> being right. able to tax free have right. distributors do whatever. Like, and so I I mean, I think again, it's right. This is Bud Light, which is one brand in a house of just right? Dozens and dozens of huge brands that are all mm-hmm. under this kind of banner. And, and so I, I think, you know, the other thing is it's, you know, I'm, I almost said she doesn't, they don't have a choice, Bud Light, right? This brand is in decline. And what happens is, is it, it declines, declines. If you look at what giant companies do or giant marketers or packaged goods companies, you have giant brands and they decline and then they decline and they, they continue supporting them. They try different things. And then eventually they just stop supporting them. And then whatever the volume they get from it, they get from it. And so that's, what's happening here. This is in this Bud Light is like half the size that it was 10 years ago. Hmm. And right. And, and, and the beer category for the first time, has been overtaken by spirits in in terms of 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 um of people shopping the category which is wild um it, like almost almost unheard of um in in terms of sales like so if you take that whole alcoholic beverage category for the first time spirits represents a larger percentage of sales than beer right so spirits is at whatever it is 42% beer is at 41%, right? But in 2000, beer was 60%. Wow. So, so if, if you think about that. And so- I'm not um, a beer guy. Right. I'm, I'm, I feel like people are seeing light. So now saying. let's get to the, what I would say is like the last, not the last chapter, the most recent chapter in the story is, and, and you flagged this for us, Mark, Bud Light puts out an ad of a horse no. riding oh. across the Brooklyn Bridge <laughs> with an American flag and- 
soldiers very large horse putting up the flag well it's the clydesdale right it's a clydesdale which is more of a budweiser thing but you know it's like and tells the story of like the company and like has it like walking through st louis and all you know i love the part of the i love so much the part where it's like in the part of america where a handshake is a contract or whatever (laughs) so i thought this ad between two men i thought this ad was a cartoon ad from the simpsons I mean, it really, it is every trope you could imagine. And what I don't, I don't know, which is shocking. One more time. There's a one woman in the ad for a split second. Right. Okay. So, so one, one minor point of clarification or whatever is, is, this is actually Budweiser. Uh, That's why there is the Clydesdale that doesn't. Not Bud Light. Right. So, but this is the Budweiser brand that, that put this out kind of right away. Sorry, just quickly. Yes. Those are two different beers, like two entirely <laughs> oh, different yeah. beers. Yeah. There's a Budweiser and Bud Light, come and they're on. like, Becky. no, I mean, yes. but so they, only well, see what the I mean is that like they have two Budweiser. different market, they have two totally different marketing campaigns and yes. strategies. Yes, yes. they're now, not, so it's wild. So, um, <laughs> I'm kind uh, of with Becky though. Like, it's like so here's, here's, a, here's a good way of looking at it. Okay, so Budweiser used to be um, the best-selling beer uh, in the country. And it's been in massive decline over the last 20 years, right? Partly because of carbs, calories, kind of all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And, and right, it, it was entrenched, was right? Too- the king of beers. <laughs> and it's got this like unshakable, like, you know, this Bud's for you. Ah, this Bud's kind for of, you. Right? Um, kind of, right? Kind of thing, which is, you know, cool. Um, and so, um, and, and Bud Light overtook Bud like a long time ago and is now much bigger. It's probably twice the size of Bud now. So, but probably, so there's a couple of things potentially, I don't know what's happening, obviously inside the company, there's a couple of things potentially happening. One is the marketing team of Bud, which is different than the marketing team of Bud Light, which is different than the marketing team of Michelob Ultra, which is different than the marketing team of Stella, which is different than the market, right? So this is a huge organization. So probably the marketing team of Bud are shitting themselves. They're basically like, those fucking guys. (laughs) Right? Because what what is happening is people are taking it out on anything with the name Budweiser or Anheuser-Busch. Right, right. right. Bomb threats at the at the breweries. Oh, can you believe, like, unbelievable. Uh, they, right, uh, in, in Missouri, the distributors are canceling all the Clydesdale events because they're worried for the safety of their employees, right? And the Clydesdales are iconically associated with Budweiser. Budweiser right. So one option, one one potentially thing is, is the Budweiser marketing team are like, like this is this is the last thing we need right now. We have to do something to to show like we're not part of that. We and and just like and and like reestablish, right? That we're you know for our core audience or or whatever. So it could be they're like either they've had this in the can for some kind of a situation. Oh, no, they or, definitely like rushed down that Clydesdale yesterday, and they're no, like, no 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 no. no I mean, they, have, they have all that footage is is stock footage is, is, they've got. They didn't yeah. go out and shoot it, like all that kind of stuff. They just have the library. An intern made it on Premiere. Yeah, and look, <laughs> if you even if you go back and look at other ads, like there was an there was an ad that had the Clydesdale on the Brooklyn Bridge, like so there that right. So so that's one option. Is that team was like, God, if we don't do something, we are just going to wear this and and we're screwed. Yeah, right. That's one. Another option is right. It came right from the top, which is like. 
somebody do something, <laughs> you, you know, did somebody All show American everybody people. we're like team America or, you know, it can't be Bud Light. So, so is it possible that this is so elaborate that this is like, um, like a kayfabe, like in wrestling, like, like where Bud Light, like where, where Budweiser as an organization is like, we're going to create two teams. They're going to go, they're going to literally embody the culture war of America. Right. The woke team. No, well, no, I, like look, we're going to do I, Bud Bowl on a massive societal scale in, in a way that may be a little bit what's happening, but that's not, that's, that's sort of, that's not um, with the intention of pitting people against each other, but that's the point of a portfolio strategy, okay, which is so, I'm the, so, I'm the parent company and I have this many dozens of brands, right? And and so I'm going to pull all of these levers as best I can to maximize the number of people that are going to engage with these brands and buy our stuff, right? So Budweiser, classic Budweiser has a specific audience that they think is going to be the people that turn out and drink that. And that audience is shrinking. Bud Light has a, a, a different group of people that they think is going to be the audience. Younger, more sociable, right? I'm sure they have reams of research. They have market research. Mm -hmm. Like at a company like this, market research is like black ops. <laughs> if, if I deploy it anytime, they, like, right, they have researched no, and nobody makes any moves without, right? They research to death, can we have an ad with a female hero in it? Right. By hero, I mean like protagonist. Right. Or, or they research that to death. I guarantee it. Uh, right. So they're, they're comfortable with all that stuff. And so, yeah, basically what happens is um, no, they don't set the teams against each other in a fight to the death kind of way, but they do allow them independence and they plan for them to take on different audiences. Right. And, and the team their business right. is they compete a little bit with each other because right. and, and they and, have or they have different identities. Because for example, I didn't know the difference between any of these, but now I'm starting to learn. That's why you're not the target audience of either of those things. No. Like yeah. right you're, sorry Becky. Becky's um, husband is in a craft homebrew mead club i would just he say well, how mead. much of the market does mead have what it, does it say <laughs> he has how many points mead. does mead, mead have is like a dessert wine meads, not even charts. <laughs> meads are sent to him they each have like an individually hand-painted bottle i taste them with him they taste like medicine <laughs> they taste like they need a prescription be, they're terrible be, be kind and, and so i i think right there's a couple of clues there's a couple of clues in terms of like uh there, there's always clues in the earnings reports in terms of what these companies are actually trying to do. And so like, mm -hmm. there's a couple of clues in the most recent, which is like for the end of Q4 of, of 2022s, but that just dropped in March when they were announcing earnings, right? And so there's a, there's a couple of things where you, where you can really see kind of what's going on. And so the first is one, one of the big <clears throat> things is right, right in these earnings reports, they actually, they talk about the earnings and then they say, here's all our priorities and how we're delivering on all these priorities and everything's going amazing and all that kind of stuff to show, right, that this is really well thought through and they're making tons of progress and everybody should, you know, be happy and buy the stock. Um, and so, you know, one of the things in terms of the way that they talk about their strategic priorities, like the first big one is leading and growing the category, right? They're the biggest player in beer, so they should lead and grow the category. And one of the key pillars for them of, of leading growing the category is something that they call making it an inclusive category, 
right? And so, and so what, what they said about that is, right, in fiscal year 2022, they're, they're very happy to report that the percentage of consumers purchasing our portfolio of brands um, increased across more than 70% of the markets, right, that they're in. That's all the countries, you know, it's, et cetera, et cetera. And the increase in participation was led by female consumers driven by the expansion of brands and packs in our premium and beyond beer portfolio. So premium, um, you're going to love this, premium are, are the brands that you know, the big mainstream brands like Bud Light, Budweiser, et cetera. And then beyond beer are things like um, hard seltzer, Got et cetera, it. et cetera. Right? So, so like if you are the vice president of marketing of Bud Light and you're reading that in the quarterly uh, results reporting, you're like, I'm like <laughs> you're patting yourself on the back and yeah, counting your yeah. bonus, right? You know, be, right. You, that, you know, it's massive, right? And then, and then, you know, deeper in, when they talk about the United States specifically, right? They're, 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 um, they talk about accelerating investment to rebalance the whole portfolio towards growing segments, right? So Bud Light is not in a growing segment. The growing segments are stuff mm. like Michelob Ultra, right? In that low carb, more health conscious kind of stuff or um, in, in things um, that they call, right? Beyond beer, right? So, so those are um, stuff like um, uh, neutral, that's this new vodka seltzer or cut water is a, uh, I mean, we're getting such great cocktail. recommendations of, of alcohol of alcohols here. <laughs> water. I realize how little I drink. Um, water. So, so Mark. Yes. Um, so, Mark, have you seen the TV show American Auto on 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 NBC or Peacock? Uh, unfortunately, no. I highly recommend it because American Auto takes place in a, and I recommend this to everyone. My kids have been watching my kids too. It's a Parks and Rec, uh, superstore style type workplace thing. And it takes place in a fictitious a reality show. No, no, no. It takes place that that's American Choppers. Oh, that's it. That's <laughs> it takes oh place in God, a fictitious big three auto company in Michigan. Okay. And a new CEO comes in and each episode is essentially a different type of crisis. There is actually a great episode on them virtue signaling around LGBTQ Right. And then <laughs> causing like a huge, like a great episode. They, they do it inauthentically. Then they try to correct and they overcorrect and they make everything worse and they hire. And then like, uh, I mean, it gets, it just it's, goes deeper and deeper. And deeper. Anyways, I, I highly recommend that show. Cause I think that show fits a lot of the stuff that you're talking here. So I think you'd really enjoy it. I'd love for you to watch it okay. and like come back and, and reference it. I'm into um, it. All right. So if you were to, if you were, if you were, Telling Bud Light, like, if you were giving your recommendation to Bud Light before we ask you some movies and TV questions, um, if you're really giving Bud Light your recommendation on next move, what would be your next your next? So move? you're so sorry, Shai. You're gonna ask him to just give out free advice. Free advice. To be clear, oh, this advice normally six, costs. This costs a lot of money. That's a lot true. of money. <laughs> you need to audience. you need to if know Mark to even into the episode. You need to have like a connection to even get in to even have a chance to get that advice. But, but no, 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 Mark, this. Mark, just please, please, I'll ask Mark, this just though. give well, out do free you advice. Think, do you think that they will actually reach an audience that hasn't been drinking their beer before? Will this ad work? It's um, not an ad. Whatever this will this <laughs> advertising <laughs> strategy work. 
I think I think the, 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 the best way of answering that pick up a Bud Light now is well look at it look at it in a bigger context. The truth is, Bud Light is so ubiquitous. Everybody's had a Bud Light. <laughs> it, it, it's a trip. Mm-hmm. I know not everybody. Not. Becky, because she doesn't even know the difference between. Bud and Bud I maybe I had maybe I thought I was drinking a Stella, but really I was having a Bud Light, and I just okay. don't know the Who difference. But like, look, everybody's everybody's had a Bud Light. If you've been to a major league baseball stadium, had a beer, you've had a Bud Light. Like, right. you know what I mean? Okay. Like, um, right. and so, uh, so I, I think. Right. Are they going to be successful in like reaching an entirely new audience that has never had Bud Light before? And it's going to double the no. no. Right. But that, but they that's not they know they're not going to do that. What right. they what they do know is that they need a different audience. Right. Look for all these people who are complaining so much. Like, OK, if you want Bud Light to market to you, then start fucking drinking it. <laughs> it rocked, like if you bought enough Bud Light, right. then they would make ads right. about you. They're but, saying boycott, but, but in the they should actually support the brand. Right. People are treating it as though like they're looking a gift horse in the mouth, like, oh yeah, you're taking this beer away from me. You you don't buy enough of it that they <laughs> to right, just, just dollars and cents. You don't right. buy enough of it. That's a great point. Uh, and so so what are they gonna do? Keep pandering to you and let it decline. You that's an option. But but right, this person has a mandate to get the brand either leveled out or back to growth. And look, the thing, the unspoken thing in the beer category is they need the youngest drinkers they can get. Right. right? Because I the think God, it's so no, 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 no. Look, look, no, no, no. I'm not saying I'm not saying they do anything nefarious like oh, no, but you want long-standing it's, clients. It's not like Bold de Nuit in Montreal where they have no, 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 right, right. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm not saying no, so Bold they do underhanded. Not, it's not an open anymore. No, they're not. Not, okay. but, but look, like there, there's a there's a common abbreviation like in 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 spirits and alcohol and beer marketing, which is LDA, right, which stands for legal drinking age. So when they're starting to define their target audience, it's like we need people LDA to 25 or whatever, like you know, so right. or or whatever it is. So right, and they need younger people, especially a, a giant ubiquitous brand like Bud Light, they right. need younger people because A, they drink the most beer <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and, and B, there used to be, the, the thinking is changing on that, but there used to be a thing about, you know, once you start drinking beers, you build loyalties or you build tastes for certain things. And then if you drink it earlier, then you'll keep drinking it. That's less true now. So when you look at, okay, so now we're talking, you know, kids who are 21 Right. And they know probably even less than 21, but they would never say that. And they would never explicitly target people that are less than 21. Um, right. So, so for all of us, those are people who are born right in the year 2002. That's um, nuts. Don't say which, that on this Which is podcast. wild. Um, After 9-11. That's, that's incorrect. That is incorrect and very Right. <laughs> so uh, just an aside on that, I got target. I got, um, excuse me, I got carded in a Trader Joe's uh, the other day. Oh. Because my, I was wearing a hat. Uh, so Good you know, but my, you. um, uh, and uh, for the benefit. Well, I mean, when you're our, now wearing a hat, aren't they concerned that a baby is trying to buy that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a giant baby is, is. Um, so um, for the benefit of of your listeners, um, I'm a bald man, um, and so uh, right. Well, so very young. Funny is like, yeah, you're very I, youthful. I, I, you have not aged. We just, I just watched my wedding video. You look exactly the same. Oh, you know. Keeps all this marketing just keeps me young. Um, so I I pull out the driver's license and within like a flash, she says, Okay, yeah, cool. And I was like, Really? You that fast? She's like, I saw it started with a one. (laughs) The year. 
And I was like, that's wild. That is wild. Um, any, anyway, so, so um, we all said, that. Can you believe it? I was born in the 70s. And she was like, you have great skin. Um, <laughs> uh, you do. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so, so look, they need the youngest people they can get basically, right. And, and I don't, I'm not alleging any, you know, but right. Oh, but that's, that's the core is. to, to turning Bud Light around. So, so what are they looking at? A group of people. If you look at that generation, they're more target, they're more tolerant, they're more inclusive, they're more gender fluid. They hang out. Um, this That's is a good like, thing like, about like this younger generation. Go out. A lot of good things. They don't like to wash a dish, but when we used to go out, you would go like out to with wash dudes, or you would go out with girls, and then the dudes would pursue the, the what, right, and you would go and you would have wingman and all this bullshit. They don't go out like that anymore. That's not how they hang out. That's not how they hang out together, right? And mm -hmm. they part and, and mm -hmm. so all, all right. So all so now you if you look at all the choices holistically, uh, an ad where. You have two main characters that are man and a woman. Like they're making all of these, some of them are ham-fisted, but they're making all of these choices to be more inclusive, to appeal to this younger audience. And, and this one, this is like one social media post. This is like one choice out of a hundred choices. Is this a case for how capitalism is going to make the world better? Potentially. Don't they still donate to the Republican Party. <laughs> well, look, I mean, sort of like don't make the world better <laughs> at the moment, a lot of these things are making the world "quote unquote" better because the dollars are there. Because more people mm. are interested in being inclusive and going out in a you know in an inclusive way and being tolerant or supportive of group. More, if right, if you look at the country, if you look at whoever, um, that's why like all this outrage is coming from a minority. Right. The way capitalism, right? The way these all these brands work is the majority, like. The more money they could get, right? If it was somehow, um, right, there, there was a time where only dudes were buying beer like this. And that's why when I started in advertising, I would go to casting sessions and we would look at women in bikinis. And that was part of our job because the ads were so fucking sexist, <laughs> right? That, that you know, mm -hmm. that's where the, the money was all with these, with these dudes. And so, um, so how far they come making the world better, but they're, that's cause it, that's where the money, money is. There's more money in doing that at the moment. <laughs> Thank um, goodness. I hope it stays that way. All right. And, and look, I'll, I'll say one other thing, right. Which is just shocking is the reporting on this stuff, right? The reporting is this breathless, uh, the stock price, which is true. And then they're talking about sales declines, these crazy sales declines. And you're reading stuff, which is just if you read it like a little bit deeper, it's wild. It's like stuff like, you know, the New York Post or, or whatever are talking about, um, you know, these, these massive sales declines and, and all this stuff. And it's just bananas. Like, so, you know, the headline is like, you know, sales have dropped 30% over the past week. And then you read down into the article and it's like, <laughs> there's a guy who owns a bar one bar in Missouri, <laughs> and, and in Barnhart, Missouri, he told Fox Business. He told. He told Fox <laughs> Business, in Bud Light's effort to be inclusive, they excluded almost everybody else, including their traditional audience, who has been abandoning 
the brand for 10 years to the point <laughs> that it's going to be not supported anymore. Right. And then, and then, and then, it, right. And then deeper, 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 it this says, is but hardcore man, reporting. Did, did, did people fail? Or did people bail on Bud Light? This same guy says that uh, in his bar, <laughs> right. Sales of Anheuser-Busch bottled products dropped 30% over the past week. Right. And it wasn't just, Case and Bucks, that was the bar that saw sales plummet. Brew House, another beer, another <laughs> bar over there, told Fox that 80% of people ordered something else. These are, these are real statistics. 80%. Right. And then right and right. And then and then they say, and then they say there, you know, this analyst talks about a scenario in Texas. Wait, so there's no fact check in these articles. It's literally just cool. I mean, they're just taking it's a, this it, stuff. It's also just anecdotal information. It's just like None of it's well, real stats. Well, it's just anecdotal. Well, and, and that's that's also true because the actual numbers are aren't even available yet, right? Because right. distributors only only. Well, that was actually one of my questions. And I think in one of the news clips I was watching, it was this guy was talking about how distribute it's it's affecting small town distributors and this choice that Bud Light made. They weren't thinking about how it affected all of these distributors who are now losing money. And I'm like, really? Okay. That seems like, really? First I was like, is all, that, that doesn't seem true. Can you? First of all, distributors have one of the best business models and deals. They make money hand over fist. Secondly, they distribute all kinds of stuff. There's not, there's not people who only distribute Bud Light. So if they're not selling Bud Light, if they're not, right? What, <laughs> the distributor basically gets product from these producers to the, to the bars or to the stores. So if it's not Bud Light, it's, it's going to be another thing. Some of them distribute also soft drinks and soda and mm -hmm. whatever. Some of them distribute also. Um, and so, um, so yeah, it's, I, I mean... It's pretty. Insane. I don't think anybody can see the effect. Basically, right. distributors, report, uh, distributors report either weekly or monthly, so you don't have the full we picture of that yet. We have to check back in a month. There's okay. there's point of sale data that's available from bars by, by calling local bars and asking. <laughs> and, and, but that, you know, and that gets aggregated by research. Last so, week. Right. So, but but here, let me just tell you. There's one. Right. So you have somebody citing a scenario in Texas where Bud Light has long been a sponsor of a weekly dart league that draws more than a hundred players every Thursday. Oh, the wow. Usually blows through three kegs of Bud Light at the event. And this week they sold only four bottles of Bud Light. And so look, I just want to put that into, into context. Basically, Br broadly speaking, um, beer sales are measured. So you can measure them in dollars or you measure them in volume. And volume of beer sales in the United States is measured in barrels, right? So they'll say, you know, this, this company did, you know, this many hundred, whatever million barrels, whatever. And so a barrel, um, uh, a, sorry, I'll start this way. A keg is 15 and a half gallons of beer, which makes it the equivalent of 1.3 barrels, right? So these three kegs, <laughs> right? These three kegs in Texas have cost Anheuser-Busch 3.9 barrels of, of beer. Is that like a 0.0000% yeah, From a couple years ago, Bud Light, their total output of barrels was 
25 million barrels. <laughs> so okay. it's, it's like, I, I just, Got it. you know, it's not it, like a stadium canceled their order. Like a even bar so. in Texas, it's just, okay, right. So you're going to lose 2000 barrels. Right. Right. Which is, which is when you put it up against 25 million barrels, it's anyway. So look, I, They've blown it, it out of proportion, as right. It could very well be that in some places people are never going to drink Bud Light ever again. That's totally possible. It could very well be that all the numbers will come in and they'll see it was a giant mistake and nobody's ever going to order a Bud Light ever again, or people are just not ordering it. it that's possible and that'll come out, but that's not available right now. And this breathless reporting of like 30% decline, 80% decline in headlines, like is just. I mean, that's, that's this outrage. That's, that's the, you know, I feel like this is one of the most educational episodes we've had yeah. in a long time. Now, Mark, this is amazing. Thank you. Switching subjects to movies. Have you seen any trailers or ads for anything TV related that like you really liked lately? Have I seen any trailers? I'm not, I'm not going to say like, have you watched, I mean, if you have a show you want to recommend, great. Like, has it, like, like an advertisement, you know, or is it like trailer. a movie coming out? Like, Oh, I saw the new guardians of the galaxy trailer. I really like that song. Uh, well, uh, I can't think of a trailer per se. And I feel like I'm, I, I'm like the worst person for this part of the podcast. Cause I feel like I'm going to say things and you're like, Oh, that's shit. Everybody watches. So, so like, yeah, no, that's, no. that's fine. I, 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 People want to know what marketing geniuses watch. <laughs> right. Um, I found uh, the, sh uh, you know, on Apple TV that show shrinking. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Great, great show. show. It's just excellent. I haven't seen it yet. So I haven't seen it yet. Thank you for the recommendation, Mark. It's it's, it's really it. good. I was listening to an interview with Brett Goldstein, nah. who's, who's one of the writers, and he talks about mm -hmm. he had to talk to Harrison Ford about the scripts, and he was like so nervous, and like Harrison Ford was basically like you know, and he's like he's like best writing I've ever seen. Wow. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. I mean, I will say with a lot of Harrison Ford's things that he has done. This is by far the best writing I've seen him act in in a long time. And it's so like, good for him, too. It's per, like that character is excellent. It, it, it's great, but he doesn't like K-118 or whatever, the Widowmaker or whatever. K-19, the Widowmaker was not written this well. Yeah, and he's Harrison Ford. He can do whatever he wants. Fair. It's nice to see him do act something so well written and remind you what a good. And what a good actor he yeah, is. Yeah, what a good actor he is. I think that's really fair. This is good. That's act acting since regarding Henry. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And uh, the, this is going to be very weird, but but maybe you'll it'll you'll uh, find the appeal in it. There's uh, on Netflix. There's this show called Nineteen Dash Two, which oh, is a, it. it's a French Canadian show Ooh. set in Montreal. We love what? Canadian and yeah. French about, Canadian things. Are you it's about it's it's about the nineteenth. Precinct in Mon in Montreal, which is like I think downtown, like maybe sort of close to what the old port. This and, is and amazing. It's, we need to and watch it, this. it's it's a police procedural show. It gets really friggin' dramatic. Um, I watched it like in the original audio, like with subtitles, and that drawl was just like washing oh, over so me. It's very and, French Canadian. Oh, it, oh, it's like it's like in English. French. It's like in yeah, it's in French. It's in French, and, and it's like, and I was just loving that, like all those things where they're like, uh, "Bon weekend," you know, where they mix like you know. <laughs> oh, French I love and, that. Like, like you know, the draw was. Are they Molten in the show? And then I didn't realize this, but apparently it was remade in English Ooh. for something in Canada called Acorn TV. I can't find it anywhere. Oh and my god, Britain! Britain. So, Britain. you're right. 
there's a 20 so the, so there's a 2014 version of the show yes with, with Adrian Holmes Jared Jared Kiso with Kiso with Shorzy Shorzy's in it and Letter K right so um so I can't find oh that God, English there were 38 version 38 episodes of this show I will find it for us I basically I new, blew through the my French new version job is finding this show um and what I would say I is what's what's great you know in many ways, it's like melodramatic and over the top and all that kind of stuff. But it's nice because it's a really an ongoing story. It's not like every episode is like law and order. And there's just a story that resolves itself like in one episode. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the action, a lot of the stuff is like about really mundane police things because it's just sort of a vehicle for their conversation to carry the action through. So not everything is like a crazy police chase or a crazy, some of it is like, you know, they... They stop. They're just eating at La Belle Provence. I'm sure there is. They're just like having a poutine. I, I, yeah, they're I was right, watching. Right. They basically stop at Tim Hortons every day, like who, who are I'm sure have <laughs> product placement um, and whatever. So uh, anyway, that was a that was a. a little and have you seen both versions, the French and the English? I can't get my hands. On I'm gonna I'm gonna find, find you. It. I'm gonna you're gonna get a, a thank you gift for being on this show and giving us all this free like valuable insight. Huh. Um, it says torn by life, bound by the streets. Yeah, it, look, it's it's melodramatic. It's kind of over the top. I think part of it was just listening to them talk, kind of gave Montreal, me just a little nostalgia and, mm. and that kind of thing. Um, uh, but I, I I went through it quite quickly. Well, oh, this was this is amazing. Thank this is you. you really really buried the lead there. Well, <laughs> cinnamon toast crunch popcorn to Bud Light to 19-2 we've had a great episode here with mark aronson so advertising fun. titan uh do you want anybody to follow you or should they follow you uh, uh on twitter i guess at uh at mark aronson right. and becky uh where can you follow you and lily at fnm sisters on instagram for all of the content lily posts and you can follow me at pancake for table Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Friday Night Movie, the sibling rivalry and pop culture podcast. Join the Friday Night Movie family by following at Fry Night Movie on all of the socials and visiting our website, FryNightMovie.com. Our theme song is by What Does It Eat? And make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.